Let's Grow Big Together and all the other podcasts created by Feast of Fun are made possible because of fabulous people just like you. Thank you. Most striptease shows have a narrow idea on what makes a body beautiful, but newer burlesque shows invite everyone to fearlessly be themselves, no matter how thick or juicy you may be. Even the fellas are getting in on the fun. The new film, Baloney, now streaming everywhere, tells the surprising story of San Francisco's beloved gay all-male review, which delights audiences with live performances that lovingly investigate the experience of gay and queer men. Let's grow big together! The podcast that makes its own gravy. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, how to build it, keep it going, muscle gods, and muscle worship. Today, bodybuilder, burlesque performer, drag queen, and former college cheerleader Andrew Slade, best known in San Francisco as Chaka Corn, joins us to look at his performance tribe, Baloney, and the new documentary film by the same name. Plus, why building muscle in your chest helps to increase sensitivity in your nips. And connecting for sexy fun with your muscle admirers. Hi. Chuck a corn. Chuck a corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Chuck a corn. Let me talk to you, Chuck Corn. <laughs> Let me feel for you. Do you want to talk about bodybuilding and dancing too? Sorry, I have a bit of a stutter, so just don't worry about that. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> do we call you Chuck Corn or do we call you Andrew Slade or Johnny Cage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah whichever is fine. Um, Andrew works or Shaka or. Probably Andrew, because I haven't done Shaka in a while. <laughs> you gave up the drag? No, I just didn't have the energy coupled with COVID slamming the world. Like, mm. So it's just, she's been in the closet for a couple of years. But the desire to come back is there. I just need to... Also, I was trying to decide, we, we feel like we saw you in San Francisco. I think it was a, were you one of the performers in Showgirls? Or a lap dancer? In Peaches Christ's yeah. performance of Showgirls. Yes. Not the <laughs> actual Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> the one where Rena Riffle didn't show up, I feel like. Oh, I yeah. Like, I did was, you yeah, hear I, about I, that? I <laughs> no. What happened? So, so Peaches Christ, our dear friend when coming, does these amazing shows, right? Tributes to these films. And Midnight she's Mass, yeah. best f- known for doing a, a portrayal, or a parody of Showgirls. And she has this long working relationship with Patrick Bristow, Rena Riffle. Uh, she came this close to getting like Elizabeth Berkeley or uh, Gina Gershon involved, but they they were like, eh, I don't know, drag queens in this movie. And, you know. <laughs> but so Rena Riffle was supposed to be in it, and she just like she started dating this guy, and and, and she's like, you know, I can't. Come. She couldn't come the day she canceled the day before th- the show. The day, yeah, I think it was the day before, and she was in San Francisco. Yeah, on Peaches's dime. <laughs> and she came to the show. And she came to the show. And like, all, like we knew Rena beforehand, yes, because they had come to Chicago and done mm-hmm. a, a little bit of the show there. And so we saw Rena. We're like, oh, how is he going? And she's like, 
Mm, I think Peaches is mad at me. I was like, yeah, I bet she is. <laughs> I would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, Andrew, it's so good. I've, I, you know, ever since I met you, and you are just a, a, a muscular beauty, both in and oh, out of drag. You. I'm trying. Thanks. <laughs> are you crying? You better stop. No, I said I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, since we ever since we met you, I was like, this person has a future in show business and entertainment. And your drag career took off, and you won. I, forgive me. I have to call it by its full Say T-Shack. Trying, you know. T-R-A-N-N-Y, Shaq, you won the title of that. Mm-hmm. You were the last one, right? Yep. It was so good, they had to give it to you, and then they, they shut it no down. no more. <laughs> um, yeah, they changed the name the next year for obvious reasons, but yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, that was a fun time. Mm-hmm. And so you like have no place to put your Miss T-Shaq, Tiara, and Sash, Sash and T-Shirt. And Scepter. Sword. I mean, the, you have to hide it from the world. The tarot is just sitting in the shelf in the closet, so it's there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't it have the T word on it, right? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just it actually has the other words in it. <laughs> All like, the other words. Why did you put those words on it? That doesn't even have anything to do with the show. It's like <laughs> I just want to be controversial and edgy, like Madonna. <laughs> but the word wasn't when she started the night. You know, no, it was, no, no, it was yeah. informal colloquialism among friends. Yes. Yes. And we actually talked about that on uh, yesterday's yeah. podcast yeah. about how the changing times, you know, and, and, you know, Andrew, you've gone through many changes yourself and now you're sort of uh, reinvented your performance career as a all male gay burlesque star in the baloney show in San Francisco, which is also the focus of the new documentary. Yes. Yes. Um, baloney was a show that, my friends Michael and Rory started about six years ago, um, and uh, they asked me to be in the first show because we'd known each other for years because mm-hmm. we just performed in like the drag scene together. Um, and I remember I couldn't do the first show for some reason. I had like some stupid commitment that like I was like, oh, you know, it sounds fun, but you know, I just I just can't. Sorry, but you know, you let me know. Hot date. You want me to? Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but I was like, you know, let me know about the second one or whatever. And so I went to the show because yeah. I, I couldn't make just one of the shows, but I, I made it like to opening night and it was like electric. Like it was like wall to wall people packed in there like sardines. I couldn't even get a seat. I was pressed against the back bar and it was, it was, it was just like insane. Everybody could tell like, wow, this is something very special. This is incredible. And I remember thinking that night, like, oh my God, I am not missing this ever again. Like whatever commitment I had, like, pfft, so from now on, like, I'm just going to clear my schedule, make baloney my first priority. And if I have a best friend that's getting married, I'm just going to be like, sorry, you got to move your wedding because <laughs> I need to be in baloney. <laughs> oh, but Andrew, I'm going to be in San Francisco that weekend. And I thought you wanted to hang out with me. And you're like, after the show, after the show. <laughs> We're like, yeah, totally. Here's a, here's a ticket. Come to the show and we can uh, hang out after. <laughs> so the documentary baloney is now streaming online. Is that correct? It's on Amazon Prime Video and iTunes, Apple TV, and YouTube. And if, if somebody like pays you money, you can show them a screener in your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, for a private VIP showing, yes. <laughs> and you know, the, the shows, what we see in the documentary really is charming, and it just shows the strength of the performance scene in general in San Francisco. And, you know, Rory Davis and Michael Phyllis, who are a real-life couple and who put together the show, have a really 
good vision and and a warm heart in guiding these you know wayward sexual performers into something that's really charming and funny and delightful and Mm -hmm. you know because a lot of sometimes we've seen a lot of drag and burlesque and you know performance that occupies these queer spaces and sometimes they're combative you know they're like i dare you to like my show (laughs) it's antagonistic (laughs) towards the audience sometimes yeah yeah but this is definitely inviting to be seen and enjoy and to and to laugh and have fun i mean it's sexy but it's it's funny Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like people people ask me what it is. Like, what is baloney? And I usually say it's like if Magic Mike and Saturday Night Live had a baby, and that baby grew up to pee Honey Boo Boo, but a boy, <laughs> and you gave it a lot of go go juice. Yeah, exactly. In powdered form, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and really, the documentary sort of uh, Roy Davis, the choreographer who also works with Peaches Christ on her shows. It just speaks to his like cleverness and the he's so wise at limiting or shaping the the dance moves to the strengths of the performers, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like you're doing like a PK turn, no me. Yeah. yeah. Unless that person is like a professional performer and they know how to because yeah. we have a couple of those in Bologna too. Like Will is like a professional dancer, so he does all the of the like the PK turns and everything that you said. And then there's people like like me that are just there because I just like to help out and have fun and be with my friends. So they give me the easy stuff. <laughs> but let's, you know, admit it. You also have a jacked up muscular body and that sort of sets you apart from the rest of the group in some regard. Yeah. There, there's all sorts of different body types in Bologna. And, uh, I, I mean mm-hmm. like Pablo and Joe are both personal trainers, but I think I'm like the only one who's, personal aspirations are to look like a human refrigerator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, living in a, in a very complicated, uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, sex positive or body positive is a, is a term that San Francisco and progressive people like to ascribe to themselves. But when we start peeling off the layers, we start to realize that there's a lot of insecurity behind these kind of movements. And sometimes if you're somebody who fits a traditional, or, or a very standardized uh, beauty aesthetic that they sometimes could be judging you harshly. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I'm wondering like, do you, have you ever felt at odds with the community in San Francisco where they're like, Oh, Andrew's just a pretty face and a muscular body. And he thinks <laughs> so easy for him, you know, but <laughs> life is hard and tough. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I get, I get people that say, thank God you're pretty a lot, but I think that's just because I tend to be like Luna Lovegood a lot in things that I say and how I act. But um, uh, yeah, no, I I get, I guess I'm just used to it already because I've go-go danced for like 10 years in San Francisco. So I'm used to like, you know, jumping up on a bar and having your body be like up for judgment by everybody in the bar like every weekend. Um, but it doesn't even like phase me at this point. Um, Have you heard I'm like just, mean comments from people? The only time I've gotten mean comments were about like, <laughs> like when I, like I've had people that that came up to me like when I first started go go dancing in San Francisco and yeah. were like, "Would it kill you to go to a tanning booth?" And I'm like, "Leave me alone!" And uh, but then I, I could get cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It actually will kill it was me. funny. It was always like the younger people that would say that, but like the older people, they'd be like, "Keep it, cherish it. You're gonna appreciate it when you're like older and you know." You have, like, you don't have skin cancer. And I'm like, okay, sweet, awesome. And we all kind of make stupid comments like that sometimes. You know, Fausto and I were at a our bar, our local bar here, Atmosphere, and there was a dancer up on the pole. A friend of ours. 
<laughs> friend of ours. I'm just like, and the music's loud, you know. But he's up on a stage and he's on a pole, and Faust is like talking. Oh, he's hot. I'm like, yeah, he's really hot. But look, he has no ass. Maybe he left his ass in Spain. <laughs> like we're talking, the Faust is just like nudging me, and he's like making like faces, like I can hear you. <laughs> and oh I was my just like, god. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But it is interesting because, you know, like. He did have a flat ass, though. Oh, my God. He's beautiful. <laughs> he is beautiful, yes. but, you know, squats. All asses matter. a lot. <laughs> and he, he's worked out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. He's, 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 you know, and this is the thing. It's like you're putting photos of yourself on social media, Instagram, or you're putting yourself on a pedestal for drunk <laughs> patrons to weigh in on what you look like. And inevitably, you know, if you don't like yourself, it's easy to hate on somebody else and it doesn't matter what you look like, you know? I mean, that's, that's what I think about the body positivity movement is like, you know, what we're fighting for is just to not worry about how we look like, but to pursue the body of our dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and for you, it's like you, uh, your, your start began in high school. You were like a gymnast and a wrestler or. It started in college actually, because I, uh -huh. I, I wanted to be in cheerleading when I was in high school, but I never had time because I was always busy doing like choir, theater, speech contests, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I never did anything physical beyond gym class, which I hated. And then in college, like I remember at freshman orientation, there were um, there was a booth for cheerleading, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to actually like make time, like so I can do this because I've always wanted to do it all through high school. And then um, they really needed guys, so they would take any guy that they could get thank God, because I was like the tiniest, I was like 140 pounds soaking wet. Um, and oh, really? so, so your, your muscular build, uh, came after the, the, the cheerleading. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. My, my body naturally wants to be skinny. Like I was tiny my whole life. Um, and what happened was in cheerleading, um, there were all sizes of guys from all different sports, but then there was me who was clearly the smallest. So they paired me with the smallest girl, you know, so I could, you know, try and throw her. Um, and like all of freshman year was just a constant struggle just to just do like the basic throws and stunts, you know, that everybody else like had mastered by that point. And I felt so bad because the partner that they gave me, she was, she like, she could not have been nicer. She was the most, supportive like understanding patient girl in the world but it was her senior year and so for, she basically went out senior year of college with this guy who like was constantly dropping her all over the field and i just felt so bad about it and she'd always be like you know it's okay we'll we'll get it next time but i knew deep inside i was like no no i need to step it up and actually like like i felt really bad about it so the summer after freshman year i like like made it a point like this is not going to happen again i don't want to you know let down the girl that I'm paired with, you know, I want to be able to, you know, support her and mm -hmm. do the things that all the other guys can do. So I like went to the gym, got a trainer, like I was like hell bent on like becoming like as big as the other guys in the squad and slowly but surely, you know, over the course of college I did. Um, and so by junior, senior year, I could pretty much do like all the, all of the advanced stunts that everybody else could do. And I was like, yay, I did it. <laughs> and then you're like, I like this muscle. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're like, give me more. I want more power. <laughs> and then you start bouncing your pecs on Instagram, and the rest is her story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I have a similar background. When I moved to Chicago, I was uh, studying circus arts. 
Mm-hmm. And, I know that. Yeah, and and so I have like on and off a gymnastics background in my own life, but I gave it all up the minute I stubbed my toe. Oh, <laughs> and I spent the whole summer limping, and I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> but you know, the men in the gymnastics classes were stunning, you know, and and uh, they would spot. You know, there weren't any. There were like one or two women. But it was mostly guys, and most of them were jacked up and beautiful. And I was just like, oh, my God, Daddy, hold me. <laughs> Catch me. I'm falling. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and part of it do is the like uh, they had us do like, you know, taking a woman and throwing her up just like. Um, and actually, we see that in Baloney, the documentary that you're sort of like um, trying to explain to them, like how to do that. Mm-hmm. And the the person that I was with was about 60 or 70 pounds heavier than I was. And so the she, the, it was a girl. Oh. <laughs> and she was just like, she also had this like eyes up here, Fausto. And I'm like, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's, you know, she didn't feel confident and I felt overwhelmed. And it was like really frustrating for us to do that. You know, the dirty dancing thrust thrust, you know, that, mm-hmm. No one puts baby in the corner. I was like, well, yeah. and, you know, and, and that was like a, a struggle and a thing. And so for me, it's like, you know, I've been lifting weights my entire life, but it was like going into circus arts that sort of showed me the, you know, that sometimes, you know, having that strength is a matter of like being able to do a certain move. It's a technical thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. for you, uh-huh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I totally agree because like, like when, you can't get by like on strength. Like I could freshman year, the one thing that was kind of a blessing in disguise was it, was it forced me to focus on the technique and get that like perfected down. Um, Cause other guys like, you know, they could just muscle it up without actually really thinking about technique, but I couldn't get away with that. So mm-hmm. it like forced me to, so I'm actually kind of grateful for it. Yeah. Which I'm sure you, you probably have a similar mindset. Well, that's why I always tell people it's like, you know, the people who take longer to learn something are the ones who understand it the best. Mm-hmm. because you know, the process of learning for somebody who picks up something really quickly, it's like driving really quickly through the mountains, right? You don't, you don't get to see the flowers or the rabbit holes or the hidden paths, but somebody mm-hmm. who's walking through a, a path in the mountains gets to see everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, in terms of like learning, learning about the body, which is, I think is one of the biggest obstacles we have as Western people, we're sort of like taught not to look at our bodies, not to celebrate our bodies. And, and so understanding the mechanics, the, the way muscle is built, the way uh, physical strength is developed is, is you know, scary. And, and, and there's all this misinformation out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as you started building your muscle and stuff and, you know, you're hanging out in, I mean, San Francisco is one of the gayest cities in the world. How did your like uh, sexual life, how did your dating life change or did it change at all? Um, I mean, like, uh, well, what happened was, so, <laughs> so I moved to San Francisco when I was mm-hmm. like 165 pounds, um, which for me was really big, like back in Iowa. And then like out here, like guys are much bigger than that. And so like, I felt like skinny, like once again, once I moved here and then I didn't really get, um, really big until after my breakup with my ex 10 years ago. Um, and so that kind of was the fire under my ass that uh, I went from 160 
seven to one ninety one in six months, and that was kind of my my real big like explosion. Um, Thick and, and juicy, uh, honey. Yeah. Six months. That's wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you. <laughs> what what, what are you doing differently for? Because uh, a lot of our listeners are like, this is a bodybuilding podcast about for you know queer people, gay men. What was your secret? What was your uh, your unlocking as your Oprah aha moment? <laughs> it was. I yeah. I guess it was just. Um. Like, if I'm totally honest, I've always been really happy with how I looked. Like, even, like, back when I was skinny, I never, like, was like, oh, I'm unhappy now. I will be happy, though, later once I become filled with muscle. Like, I've always, like, loved who I was, like, my whole life. It was really just kind of an anger management thing um, because, like, I had I didn't have a therapist at the time of the breakup, and it was really, like, heartbreaking for me. And so I was like, I need to channel this, like, somewhere and so I'm at the gym and I'm just like, like, like lifting, like, you know, all this weight and <laughs> in my brain, I'm just thinking like, I'll show him, you know, like that kind of. So you're like a Charles Atlas ad. I, your boyfriend I spit through sand in your face and kicked <laughs> you to the groin. And then with a determined chin <laughs> yes, and some time in the gym, yes, the sweat Dr. from his pores as he worked <laughs> for his cause. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, you're, and, and then you pulled some oil on your body and, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know. <laughs> and then what happened? And then I just, like, every day I was in the gym just lifting, like, my life depended on it. I was eating a lot like my life depended on it. That was probably the biggest thing was food because my metabolism was really high. So for me to put on size, I had to eat like a shitload. And a really good piece of advice that I had was our trainer for the cheerleading squad senior year of college. I remember he told me, he was like, Andrew, if you wait until you, your brain says, Hey, I'm hungry. It's too late. Like you need to like eat when you're not hungry. You need to be like eating before that signal happens. Mm-hmm. And I always thought about that. And that was kind of like the, the silver bullet for me because, you know, normally you always just wait until, Oh, I'm hungry. Let me go make a sandwich or whatever. But it's, it's weird to like, Oh, let me make a full on meal when I am in no way hungry. And I just ate like two hours ago too. Um, but that's what you have to do in order to put on the mass. Um, so you have to kind of go against what your brain naturally naturally wants to do, um, to put on mass, at least for me, that's how it was. But once I did that, um, that's what made me explode really well. You become an eating and shitting machine exactly. <laughs> and farting machine. You know, Cause you're only as good as, uh, you can eat, you, you know, you can eat, you eat, eat, but if you can't shit it out, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. What do you make of a ground bison? Uh, so I started working with a bodybuilding coach and he's like, you gotta get, ground bison into your diet. And I'm just like, we bought some, Yeah, but I'm like looking for recipes and it's just basically it's supposed to just taste like ground beef, but it'll probably be a little gamier. I would imagine. What does gamey mean? Uh, like there's an, uh, like, um, a grassy or iron type content to it that you might yeah. have taste, I think. Right. Cause there is like, you know, people have this idea that uh red meat mm-hmm. is rich in certain nutrients like creatine is one example, or iron carnitine carnitine uh, that helps to build muscle. And like, there's a, there's a guy at our gym, we call him the muscle vampire. 
He's a he's a, you know he looks like a vampire, but a bodybuilder. I'm just picturing a guy working out and blood dripping down his mouth. No, imagine like you like, know in movies where the they've revealed the vampire, but they haven't shown they're a vampire yet. But they're like pale. Oh, okay. And have dark <laughs> hair and eyeliner. And they go, "A pleasure to meet you. May I come into your home?" You have oh to my god. Me in. You have to buy. So like he has like an Eastern European accent and stuff. And, and he doesn't, he keeps mostly to himself, but he is like, he has like five or six fans that hang around him and he's gorgeous. I mean, he's really, and how many pounds of meat does he eat? Well, so, so my friend, um, Gustavo, who is like super obnoxious (laughs) and he's a, he's a professional chef for boxers and bodybuilders and stuff like that. And he goes up to him. He's like, Hey man, you got to, you got to tell me what, 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 is, what are you eating? What are you eating all day long, man? And he's like, I'm eating eight pounds of red meat. And, and, and he was just like, what? Oh, so he said it probably Eastern year. I eat eight pounds of red meat, blah, blah, blah. And so Gustavo comes up to me and tells me this. And I'm just like, did he tell you what kind of red meat it was? And he's like, Oh, you think I was like, you might be human. <laughs> Did he tell you his cholesterol levels while he was at it too? He's not. He's fucking with him. <laughs> he's fucking that with seems him. like a lot of meat. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you're going to be constipated to say the least, you know? And it's like, it was ridiculous. Like he just said that to him to shut him up and get him out of his hair. Cause he's, you know, he's there. He's business. He's there mm. to lift. You know, there's a gym here in Chicago uh, called um, quads and the men there are all like half of them are like professional bodybuilders or physique people. And they go there. They are not talking to anybody. They are in business mode. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you've worked in college gyms and, you know, college gyms tend to be chummier. But the areas where like the people who are like, if you don't win this meet, you lose your scholarship. Mm-hmm. There they are like business. They're not talking to nobody, you know. Well, the, you know, talking to somebody steals your gains, especially because some people are just, they, they, they don't shut up. Talking ain't lifting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, in terms of like uh, getting ownership and shaping your body to its ideal form, like where are you at right now with that? Um, I hired a trainer last year at Crunch and mm-hmm. it's been wonderful. Um, I went from... 197 to 223. Wow. In seven, eight months. I don't know how, how much. And how tall are you? Five, nine. So you're, you're a, a, a refrigerator. Trying, trying. Oh. <laughs> I mean, open got... you up, uh, the light comes on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I thought it would be <laughs> No, I get you it. Open get them it. up and find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but then I kind of had to take a break from him because he was really expensive. And I oh, I wish I could afford to work out with him like every day because he's incredible. But I took a break in November and I was like, hey, let me just save up some money, pay off my credit card, and then I'll buy more sessions with you. And so I finally got my credit card down to zero like last month. And I rewarded myself by putting thousands of dollars of more debt on it. But I was like, hey, can I buy 30 or 40 sessions with you? Yeah, man, let's go. Let's go. So I work out with him Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um at first, I remember last year, he was like, dude, we got to get you into a bodybuilding competition. And I was like, you're crazy. And then five months later, I saw like the 
progress that we were making. And I was like, oh my God, like you might be onto something. So where we're at right now is he's just trying to um, get me um, up to 240-ish, 250 in that range. And then we'll start cutting and then looking at competitions that we can do. And that'll be like next year, I think. Yeah. They're practically starving for. you to death. Well, I hope you get that sword. <laughs> <laughs> 240? You can expect me to survive on these calories. It's like in Little Mermaid when Ursula's like, and now look at me, wasted away to practically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what Mark's talking about the sword is that a lot of bodybuilding contests in the past, they used to give you a medal or a trophy or, or gift certificate. <laughs> um, now they're giving you swords. Uh, certificate to overstock.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the International House of Pancake Makeup. <laughs> and a lifetime supply of NYX Cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they're giving out swords like Conan the Barbarian. That's cool. But you got to win your, the, your division. So if you win, you get a, a trophy or a medal. But if you win your division, you get the sword. And, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm realistic. Like I'm not a person who's going to win any bodybuilding contests, but I did turn 50 this year. And I was just I like, you, you know could. what? And I went online and looked at some of these bodybuilding over 50 contests. I was like, I'm going to win everything. <laughs> yeah. You look incredible. Yeah. I, Cause I'm like, I, some of these guys look like they lost a bet. <laughs> no disrespect. But I was like, Tanning is not lifting. It's body dysmorphia, right? I don't know if dysmorphia. I think they lost a bet. I just think they're like, the, the trainer was like, if you, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to be in this contest. Well, they do it for the experience, right? I guess. I guess. But here, here, I, here I'm talking big talk, you know. And Ask you, me a year, a year and a half later, and we'll see what happens, you know. Right. I think you could do it. You think I think so? you you oh my I'm god! Pretty yeah. enough to win yeah. that pageant. You bring that sword home, or don't come home at all. <laughs> oh shit! You was kind. You was smart. You was important. I am safe. I am loved. I am smart. What do they say on the internet these days now? I am safe. I am smart. I am loved. I am capable. I got everything I need. And blah, 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 blah. You you're like you are booked and blessed. All right, TikTok. <laughs> And it's, it feels like, you know, like we're sort of taking a couple of steps back because there used to be all this amazing information like on YouTube and, you know, on the Internet about building muscle and bodybuilding. And now it's like people calling each other out on TikTok videos. They're like, this person was like creating an unsafe environment at the gym. How dare they? You know? Oh, like the Joey Swole videos? Yes. And I'm like, Joey. What happened? What? So Joey is like this bodybuilder who's gorgeous. I know. I'm familiar. Yeah. And he had like a crisis of addiction or health or something that happened. And now he's like, you know, his posit positivity and health and wellness is his mission, but creating an inviting environment for people to go into a gym. And so he goes around TikTok and he finds these videos <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's like, this is why people don't want to work out in the gym because of assholes like you, you know, because they're like filming other people and they're like mm -hmm. shaming them the way they're moving. And, you know, what but I like how he follows, yeah. he yeah. follows it up, though, with explaining what they're actually doing that looks funny, but it's actually like a real 
and then he gives you information about it and tells you like what it works. And it's, so it's actually kind of informational too. Like I, I wouldn't have known if he wasn't explaining it. But you know, I'm thinking now if we want to get attention from that hot guy at the gym, maybe doing something crazy next to them <laughs> and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? <laughs> have someone show me with me in the background, like just <laughs> jumping up and down on a bench press. And you're like, uh, I prelude my anus before I went to work out to make sure my glutes were it's good for movement. squats. Yeah. You, you don't want a dry asshole for when you do your squats. <laughs> don't. The crack. <clears throat> oh my god. <laughs> baloney. Baloney is out everywhere. You can stream it. Tells the surprising story of San Francisco's beloved gay all male review with the same name, which has been delighting audiences in recent years with their wild performances that lovingly investigate the larger milieu of gay and queer men's experience. Do you eat bologna? <laughs> as often as I can. Do you eat fried bologna? <laughs> sure. <laughs> really? That was something we'd eat as kids sometimes. Nasty we'd fry bologna. And what was oh, nice, we'd God. call them sombreros because the, 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 the middle would kind of puff up so it yeah. like a little hat. And you put it on a uh, piece of white bread with mustard. Oh, I'm I getting flashbacks Faust, to the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, Faust is just like gagging because Fausto hates processed meat. <laughs> except Italian sausage on pizza and bacon and bacon. But yeah. yeah, I'm not. You know, I don't know. It's I don't know why, but it may have been a childhood trauma being forced to eat a hot dog in kindergarten. Oh, and the and the Do you like hot dogs? No, a hot dog oh, does not make dogs. me lose control. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> do you? Do you like hot dogs? Chaka corn? I like good hot dogs. Oh, I love hot dogs. Dubuque has a hot like a famous brand called Dubuque hot dogs and it's I've heard of that. So good. I'm yeah. a fan of Smith Wieners. My my friend's uh, dad was the flavor meister at the hot dog factory. And uh, just there's you know there's a big difference between the the cheap hot dogs that you can get at the supermarket and like a good brand of hot dogs. The flavor is just incomparable. Especially if it's filled with cheese. I like those kinds. <laughs> so your name, Chaka Corn, and I, want, I wanted to check with you to see if this is all true, is a, is a combination of four pop culture moments. <laughs> it is? Is it? Is it? Is it? So, He's going to review these with so you. So Corn is like, Corn? I don't remember having corn, which is uh, attributed to Carol Channing. Somebody was in a bathroom uh, in between intermission at, in the theater. And of course, they heard Carol Channing's voice coming in and they heard corn. I don't remember having corn. And then the flush of the toilet of the toilet. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we people like when we interviewed Carol Channing, people had sort of inferred to it, like didn't say, oh, you have to ask her about the corn story. Nobody did that, but they were like, "Oh, corn!" You know, and, and I didn't I don't understand. Know if that. I would have asked her, about I would have totally corn. asked her. She said we asked very penetrating questions. Let's examine your feces, <laughs> Carol. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she's attributed. Uh, Bruce Valanche later on asked her indirectly about it. She said, "I don't think I." I, said I think that. her uh, her yeah. manager Harlan said that she was aware of the story, but she that is not her. Not confirmed nor denied, no. but I think no. she denied it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other is Chaka Khan, right? Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. for you, right? 
And then there's mm-hmm. Chaka from the Land of the Lost. <laughs> is that is that uh, as well? No. <laughs> and then of course I, the phrase "shucking corn," which is a sexual thing. Because you're from Iowa. Yes. So which of one of the four is uh, actually a, a, attaches to your intention? So what actually happened was me yeah. and my my ex Michael, who's now actually my best friend, um, we were playing. Mario, like the Mario Brothers, like the co-op version on Wii, like 10 years ago when we were dating. And it, we were like very intense into it because it was like a co-op version. And so we weren't saying anything, just focusing on like the game. So it's like dead silence. And then all of a sudden, out of absolute nowhere, it was like lightning hit his brain. He just goes, <gasps> and I was like, what? And he's like, oh my God, if you ever do drag, Andrew, I know exactly what your name should be. And I'm like, what? And he goes, Shaka Corn. Like Shaka Khan, but corn because you're from Iowa. And I'm like, I remember looking at him and, and I go, yeah, like that's never going to fucking happen. Get back to the game and shut up. Like, like I was like, you're absolutely nuts, like crazy. And then here we are. Like, Sorry, well, well, well. has a good idea. Yeah. So he's the one that gave me the name. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a combination of Shaka Khan, but also corn because I'm from Iowa. What did you do to win? I mean, the pageant, the, the Miss, Miss T-Shack. T-Shack. Yeah. Um, so the story behind that is I was kind of, I, I had helped out drag Queens for their numbers at that show, like forever, because, you know, they would always ask me to be like one of their backup boys, you know, or whatever, while they mm-hmm. performed. And so I'm backstage at one of the shows and me, one of the other Queens, and then the stage manager for the whole thing, um, are looking up at a poster for the next one. And it has the names of all the Queens that are performing on it. And, uh, the guy, Bobby, he turns to me and he goes, oh, you're probably going to be asked to be in some of these numbers, you know, from these queens. And I was like, yeah, as a boy, ugh, and I like shook my fist, like, and I was kind of only half joking about it. And he goes, well, do you want to do it, Andrew? Do you want to do it for real? And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, like, he's like, I get the, I'm the one that hires all the contestants for the, you know, for the Star Search pageant. And I was like, um, sure. Like, yeah, why not? Um, because it was kind of an idea that was always kind of at the back of my brain, because I would be at all these drag shows all the time, and I would, just from watching them, I would, like, get ideas in my own head about, like, what I would do if I was in their place. Like, like I'd be watching these queens on stage at T-Shack, and I'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be so funny if someone did a Lord of the Rings-themed drag number, but the song was Single Ladies, because, you know, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. Ah, like, stupid ah. shit like that, right? Yeah, but I had, like, a back catalog of ideas like that in my brain, And so I was like, you know, why not? Like, just give it a shot. I'll just pick one of the ideas. I'll do it and then call it a day and never do drag ever again. Because I had no experience doing drag. I didn't know how to do my makeup. I knew I was going to look like, you know, Shrek in the dress. Um, So I was. You look like Chaka from Land of the Lost in drag. (laughs) Yeah, so fitting. Or, yeah, or. or Xena, Warrior Princess, or something. Uh, but um, so what happened was like, th- so this was at the same yeah. time that the Russian Olympics were happening, and the, all that drama was happening about um, like gay people getting abducted and beaten up on camera by uh, like yeah. those hate groups. I and yeah, that. so yeah, so all of that was happening right when the pageant was happening, and I remember like being so pissed about it. And I was like, oh my God, what if I did a number about this? And let's just made it super political, like big middle finger, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is what I'm saying about this issue, and I'm gonna put it right in front of your face, and I don't care. And in the in my head, I went into this competition thinking, oh, I like I was fully planning and expecting to come in last place. 
like there was no doubt in my brain that I was going to be in last place because I had no idea what I was doing. And everybody, like there were seasoned queens, like like competing with me. So I was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to drag my life. Let's throw everything but the kitchen sink at it and say this big political piece. And so I did. Um, and it was all about Russia and the Olympics. And I had a scene where like a gay kid got, um, you know, beat up on stage by like Russian people. And it was very like, serious and graphic and there was yeah and there was like sad music playing like it was like like i was like no i don't want to sugarcoat this at all i want to put it on stage show exactly what's going on in russia and then put my own spin on it and i thought it was gonna like probably piss a lot of people off or make them uncomfortable but i was like i don't care because it's the only time i'm gonna do drag and then at the end of the night they're like and you know the winner is shocker corn and like half of me was like oh my god like that's nuts like holy shit i won like that's crazy but then the other half of me was like oh shit that means i actually have to do this like again Fuck, fuck, fuck. Because <laughs> I was only planning on like one doing, good like, idea. The, yeah. <laughs> like this one time thing. Yeah. So, um, so for my year long reign, I, I just, you know, took those ideas that I had in my brain about like, you know, Lord of the Rings and all these nerdy ideas that I had and I just put them all on stage and it was a blast. It was so much fun. I loved it. And you were like telling the organizers, like, you know, it's probably a good idea to retire this contest now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had plenty of outside voices saying that already. Like, <laughs> so you were um, literally like Lord of the Rings, just jumping off of a crumbling mountain into a volcano, or you know what I'm saying? Like, you're escaping the jaws of death. Yes. <laughs> Is what that too that? much? What? Well, the, you what know that the, the the it was the last event, and here's your last opportunity to win this, and here you are. Oh, oh I get you. <laughs> and it's all falling apart, you know, crumbling literally um, into the abyss. Well, I mean, they kept the pageant; they just changed the name. Oh, they, okay. So, so the pageant yeah. continued, but under a different name. Yeah, they still do it to this day. They just call it something else, you know. But so the that makes it even more punk, right? Because you're like the bad girls club. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the name is pretty. Huh. Yeah, so I, but um, I just, I'm just glad that I got that chance because, you know, it, it never really, I, like, it was such a special time, like place, place and time in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, like it was just like a year of performing with my friends and my drag family, and that was really what I loved about it because. Like I have no desire to get on stage all by myself and drag and like lip sync for tips. Like what interests me about drag is being on stage with like all of my friends. So all of the numbers that I did were like big numbers that had like 10 or 15 people in it because that is what I loved about it was having it be like a family affair, you know? Right, um, right. So, um, so yeah, that it was, it was so much fun. And like, I still have ideas in my head of stuff that I would like to do. I just, um, just, you know, COVID kind of wrecked everything. And now I'm like, just getting my life back together. You could do like a little orphan Annie one and get like a guy who's dressed up as a dog and, you know, and put dog food on yourself. And <laughs> Andrew, were you doing, did you, were you doing drag before you did baloney or was baloney first? I did drag before I did baloney. Yeah. Yeah, so baloney's the new thing. And but baloney's been around since like 2013, right? Okay. 2014, so I'm not sure how far back we're going. Okay. You know. It started in like 2016. Yeah, okay. So in terms of like, you know, performing on stage in this sexualized atmosphere, you're delightful to look at. You have this wonderful, charming personality. 
I imagine that, you know, people not just give you tips, but they give you phone numbers too. Um, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you call them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the, the fun of the, all those shows is, you know, is, is you get the to see the good. Yeah. All and the, the meat, the, the meat and the gravy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of nice, like having it be born from that because then right off the bat, they see like a part of me that, you know, is really important and special to me. So it's like, we've already like, they've already kind of seen a lot of, you know, what, what I love. And then I feel like that, that way they, they know me better already right off the bat, as opposed to just being like meeting a guy in Grindr and being like, Hey, Hey, you look great from your photos, you know? Or they go, Oh my God, put the paper bag on your head. Yeah. And poke two holes. And um, here's, <laughs> well, <laughs> Can you, I, drop I mean, imagine that there's all kinds of like, you know, the performers on stage see somebody in the audience that's hot and they're all like, he's mine. Stay away from him. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. It does happen. <laughs> you're like, I can't help it if he has better taste. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so in terms of like going home with these guys, like, you know, does it, does it shape what you're doing on stage or does it add a, a certain level of energy? No, no. I mean, cause usually after a show, I'm so tired that yeah. all I want to do is like eat a cheeseburger and go to bed. Um, but like, it's, it's nice to connect that way. And then like, we'll, we'll chat like on Instagram or something the next day. Um, and then hang out like later in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the energy or the draw, like what gets, keeps me going in the show is really like, like the people that I'm on stage with, like if there were two people in the audience or 2000 people in the audience, I would still like do the same thing I do on stage. Like I would still be just as happy and get as, just as much joy out of it, you know? Um, Cause I mean, it sounds so cliche, but that's really what I love about it. Like even in the movie, um, like I heard they cut it from the movie, but there was a time when he was interviewing me and I remember looking at the camera and being like, this is going to be a really boring movie. I'm so sorry because spoiler alert, <laughs> we all love each other. We all get along. We all support each other. We're all great friends and we all love what we're doing. Um, and it's, that's honestly like the truth. Um, like, and I say it in the movie, like I, I wish I could just do baloney every day. Like, well, it's interesting because a lot of these projects would benefit from unnecessary conflict. And we, we <laughs> I mean, certainly I, know, I, you know, a lot of drag performers that <laughs> go to blows, in front of the audience or, you know, we've seen that kind of situation, but when the mm-hmm. cameras are rolling, people don't want, they show their most uh, agreeable side, their most compassionate side, because ultimately they know that that kind of behavior is just going to look bad for them. Mm-hmm. And it sort of makes you appreciate any reality television show because it, when they're able to capture people with their guard down and it's a, in a combative manner is it's, it's interesting how that even happens. Right. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's probably different like like versus drag race versus baloney because like on drag race it's a competition like on one season but with baloney like we have to perform all year with each other so if we didn't get along or if there was any drama like like it wouldn't be as long lasting as it has the last 6 years and we do four shows a year two weekends each um so yeah it it, it has to be a group of people who get along and love each other for it to like even work and sustain itself so let, let's uh, wrap up by talking about bodybuilding because a lot of people really need to know and want to know the secrets. What's your trainer telling yeah. you? Uh, my trainer says that most people are 
lifting too much. They're overtraining. And even though they're sort of like think they're recovered, they're not fully recovered when they go to the gym and other uh, bloggers and Instagram guys say, it's like, listen, if you're feeling under the weather, if you're not feeling up to it, you know, and you're a person who normally goes to the gym all the damn time, spend that day meal prepping, spend that day walking or resting or relaxing. It'll do you much better in the long run in terms of building muscle. I think the biggest thing is, Patience, because, um, like, I think people ex- think, you know, let me just do a few workouts and look amazing after, like, just one, you know, short period of time. But it's like, no, you have to, like, realize that it's all about consistency. Like, just go and force yourself to go and set the long-term goal, and you'll get there. Um, as long as, like, every workout you're applying yourself 100% and pushing yourself. But how do you know you're doing the right thing and the, and the change is so subtle? I guess it depends on what your goal is. Like if you want to bulk up versus cutting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with your food too. Like um, it's kind of like a, like a three part thing, you know, food, sleep and the gym. Um, and if sleep or food is out of whack, then you're, you know, it doesn't matter how much you go to the gym, but if like you're trying to lift and to get huge, then obviously you need to eat a lot more. Um, and, and enough steroids more. to kill an elephant. <laughs> I don't know anything about steroids, so I would be the bat of the wrong person to ask. Well, how are you going to win that contest without juicing? We're going to do the natural category. Oh my god! All the people <laughs> in the natural category are are lying. <laughs> well, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> What's your favorite muscle group to work out? What's your favorite workout? My shoulders, because I want to have a volcano neck. Oh. Boulder want, shoulders. I want, yes, I want my neck to look like the Atari symbol. I just wanted to go. Like, you want death yeah. star delts, so, so, so nobody yes. can choke you to death. Exactly. I've always. I don't know why, but I've always thought that like the football player necks, where their neck is like thicker than their head, is so hot. And I gotta I, tell you, my neck <laughs> is like eighteen inches right now, and it's hard <laughs> to find shirts that fit, especially dress shirts. So I have to buy like double XLs and then have them taken in. Oh, yeah. You have to, if you want to do thicken your neck, it's, uh, you know, basically you can, there, some gyms used to have like neck machines, mm-hmm. but I think people were using them incorrectly and hurting mm-hmm. themselves, but you can just get somebody like, you know, give yourself a do rag with a towel and have a friend mm-hmm. pulling on it gently as you, you know, do your ballet neck exercise. Cause I feel like your neck muscles build up rather quickly too. It's, you know, it's not a, it's a very delicate muscle. So you just, it, it requires very little stimulation to do it. And shrugs, of course, are going to do a lot for that, you know, but one thing that I learned this uh, from a bodybuilding lesbian at the gym, uh, she showed me that drop sets for deltoids help at the very least get you a great pump. And mm-hmm. so um, using a cable for lateral raise, or some people call it uh, cable deltoid side raises or cable lateral raises, but they don't have anything to do with your lats. It's the the muscle that sits on your shoulder. The the um, Alexis Carrington, <laughs> Alexis Colby, Crystal Carrington, <laughs> 80s shoulder pad muscle. Um, that uh, having the tension with the cable does a lot for for making that nice and uh, you know filled with blood. And so if you're going to be taking photos or you're doing a contest, it's usually a good idea to like 
understand how to get that nice swollen pump because it's like it's a, it's a visible difference between what you look like when you're just you know slightly pumped and really pumped mm-hmm. and you know it's of course like uh, other people sort of say like you know in, in terms of getting contest ready what you eat like up to the day of can make or break you in the contest and so you can be like ready and look amazing the day before the contest or the day after, but the day of the contest, you're not ready yet or you've gone too far. And, um, and then the con- and somebody else wins because you weren't as conditioned. You weren't as dehydrated as they were. It's not necessarily uh-huh. dehydrated. It's also about filling the muscles with carbohydrates mm. the day of. And so what happens with a lot of uh, people is like once they're done with their contest, then they start to eat a lot. And then they get full and they realize, ah, oh, this is what I needed to do the day before. And so it's usually like hard to win your first contest for that reason. Cause you, you, you start to develop an instinct for what to do that last week, your peak week, as they say. Yeah. I've heard that the eating and the drinking and the days leading up to it is actually the most challenging part about it. Well, cause you don't know you're second guessing everything, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're in an unexplored territory and it's exciting and it's nervous and it's, you know, you're going to be more nervous of this contest than you'll be at T-Shack or Bologna or anything like that. <laughs> and you'll probably be the most orange you'll ever be in your life. I was going to say, I'm going to have 10 layers of Sherwin-Williams on my skin. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of supplementation uh, do you use? Are you creatine or vitamins or anything that you like or um, recommend? I'm really just on protein right now, and I do isopure. Um, like the zero carb version. And then I was doing um, animal, I think it's called for, or no, it's called carnivore for uh, um, bulking. It's just mm-hmm. a mass gainer. Mm-hmm. And I just like blend that in a shake with like oatmeal and spinach and peanut butter and milk and blueberries and just chug it. And peanut butter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> People uh, like all these big guys that I say, we, we went to one time, we were at a, a place called the chicken hut. And it's a rotisserie chicken place that's really good in Chicago. And there was this big muscle guy. And he's like, you know, my secret of getting big is just putting uh, two big tablespoons of peanut butter in my shakes. (laughs) And because they're made out of chocolate, it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Well, you get your fats (laughs) and your proteins, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Peanut butter has a lot of calories Mm -hmm. in it and the good calories that you want. I eat a giant scoop of peanut butter before I go to bed every night because it's also a slow digesting protein, so you don't wake up hungry. Oh. Do you put it in your mouth or on your body? I put it. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on someone else's body and, and then lick, lick it, it up. Yes. <laughs> it's only right now. Lick it up. <laughs> Sorry, Kiss fans out there. You know, one one supplement uh, we like to focus on is fish oil. Uh, a lot of people don't understand like what fish oil does and they see it sitting there at the, at the grocery store. But, uh, basically fish oil like helps give you mood support. Like, so because a lot of this training is mentally taxing. And so, um, just even a little bit of fish oil can go a long way. Bone strength, balance cholesterol, especially if you're taking steroids, um, it can help balance your cholesterol in, in favor of health. Um, keeps your heart healthy and reduces inflammation. It's good for your brain too. And the, the, the stuff about the heart, about whether it can prevent a heart attack or not, is kind of like 
they've done some recent studies and they're not quite sure where it's iffy. It's iffy as far as that goes. But you know, it's um, a lot of people like survive off of fish oil is their main source of vitamin D. Well, the reason that fish oil is like being attributed to heart health is because of uh, reducing inflammation mm. and balancing cholesterol. Mm. And in the past, people used to sort of associate bad cholesterol levels with the risk of arteriosclerosis. <laughs> that was the question in the science fair in high school I got wrong. So for the rest of my life, I know what that word is. <laughs> um, <laughs> arteriosclerosis is the plaque that builds up in your uh, arteries and in your blood, right? In your blood vessels. And so fish oil helps to, uh, you know, change the balance of that. So that's why it's attributed to heart health. Whether it's actually doing anything specific for your heart, that's, as Mark says, it's up for grabs, you know? Mm -hmm. What are things that, like, you know, when, when you hook up with somebody who's another muscle guy and he wants to, like, touch you, Ooh. how does he touch you, like, in a bad way <laughs> or a good way? Oh, it's... Uh, anything involving the teeth, anything involving biting, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Ow, 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 stop it. I'm fragile, dainty flower. But you're yeah. so delicious. Not even, not even your feet? <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never really, I don't know. It's very rare when someone actually goes towards my feet. Um, well, I only bite feet when they're in my face. Are you, do you have a foot fetish? I don't, but you know, sometimes if you're, you know, riding somebody and their feet are like right there in your face, what you else are you going to do? What else are you going to oh, do? Oh yeah. Same, them? same. Yeah. <laughs> you have a little bite, that kind of thing. Just a nibble. But somebody freaked out one time. Uh, I was with Fausto and this other guy and I, I bit the, I bit his foot. Not hard, you know, cause you, these kinds of things, you know, you, you go in slowly and then you work up to it to see how the reaction is. And so I just gave a little tiny nibble and bloody murder scream. He's like, oh my God, why'd you do that? <laughs> He's from Brazil. <laughs> why did you do that? He was so freaked out. I'm he just was, like, I'm sorry. It, it I'm ended sorry. the whole thing. Did it? Yeah, that was the end of it. He was like, I don't want any more sex with y'all. <laughs> well, he's not like, I remember. I, I do not want any more sex. Uh, I don't know how to do a Portuguese accent. Just do a Spanish accent. I don't want to do a... <laughs> Your Puerto Rican accent, similar. <laughs> yeah, almost the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to no more sex with you, okay? <laughs> I mean, there wasn't, like, I didn't tear yeah. flesh. There was no bruising. It was just, it was weird. This is a, a But another, I, I'm, ag yeah. I, I'm against biting in general, too. A couple of uh, listeners of Let's Grow Big Together um, have a question that want us to discuss. Mm -hmm. And this is about your nipples oh. and your pecs. <laughs> Do your nipples get more sensitive? This is uh, Ryan uh, is asking, do your nipples get more sensitive when your pec development gets bigger? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Like, there are times when I come home from doing a pec workout and, like, I'll just play with them and be like, wow, these feel, like, normally they feel amazing, but now they feel more amazing. But, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. So the pump is, like, about stretch. It's filling your muscles with blood and the skin feels tight. And so the tightness makes the any places that have a lot of um, nerves mm -hmm. more sensitive. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that say that their nipples don't like, aren't very sensitive, you yeah. know, but I, you know, I challenge them to like, like to experiment with that and try and see if in fact, that's really true. You know, I started, you know, playing with mine cause I read a book as a teenager on how to masturbate. And they're just like, you know, start by, you know, 
playing with your nipples and like getting yourself erect. Like don't just directly go straight for the penis and just start jerking off, make it an experience. So that's what I did. But you know, over years researching and whatnot, you know, we've discovered that, you know, the nipples produce oxytocin, which is, they call it the cuddle drug, right? So it gives you uh, you know, feeling of like cuddliness and well being, but it also oxytocin helps heal the body. And repair, it's anabolic. It, it helps repair damage to your body. It's, you know, women release it uh, when they breastfeed. They also release it during childbirth. So it helps them like re- repair themselves. And remember, like women live longer than men traditionally. So because they got them big titties. May, that could be part of it is because <laughs> their body re- repairs yourself because you're constantly breaking your body apart. And if it's not repairing itself, it'll just conk out someday so you're saying my youthful beauty is only attributed to my enjoying my titties getting played with partly maybe it's a possibility i do like that it's a possibility i do like that mark (laughs) i Uh, do like that uh, andrew i've been married to you for how long (laughs) i think i know that (laughs) well the listener may not know the listeners don't know but Uh, they will do now they do now but some people are just like they're not into it but i you know i think more and more people are because i think there's something uh maybe kind of feminine about it that might uh turn them off what was like them in the movie they're um, too concerned about being masculine or or they just feel like they're dead zones i don't know in the movie natural born killers yes where robert downey jr plays a corrupt lawyer Mm -hmm. who's uh he uh, tries to seduce the female lead in the movie, mm-hmm. which is, I don't remember. Is it Juliette Lewis? Juliette Lewis, yeah. And he's in the prison cell with her, and he's tr- like, if, if you have sex with me right now, I'll try to get a better plea deal with you. And she's like, I don't want to do this, you know, stuff. And he's like, lick my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like a scene that really stuck with me because it was like, Man, they're trying to basically make nipple licking like a bad thing. And like I'm like, as a punishment. As a punishment. And it's like, you know, and to me, it's like whether you're straight or gay or male or female or, you know, uh, your nipples are a very important sexual zone of your body. And if you don't have stimulation with there, if you don't feel like you have any pleasure, um, there's you can do drugs, <laughs> you can do steroids. You can eat more. You can build muscle. You can uh, just play with them while you're masturbating. Oil them up. Oil them up. There's a million things you can do to add stimulation. One thing that a lot of people do, they go the the shopping mall route. They buy piercings for their nipples. And I said, you know, them, put that a, a, as a third or fourth option. Try some other things first. Mm-hmm. And see if you can I've develop known, that I've known first. people who have gotten their nipples pierced and said that it absolutely made their nipples more sensitive. And then I heard other people say that it actually killed the sensitivity of their nipples. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm against, you know, putting holes in important parts of your body. <laughs> <laughs> but I encourage people to pursue their own path. But that my recommendation is treat that as a third or fourth option. Try just masturbating while you play with your nipples. You know, flex. And this is an interesting thing. It's like, I, I notice a lot of muscle guys don't want to flex their muscles. They don't find flexing erotic. And it's like, I, I call this like all this meat and no gravy. <laughs> like I've hooked up with the big jacked bodybuilders and they were like cats. They laid down on the bed, threw up their legs up in the air and said, scratch my belly. And I'm just like, oh, my God, would you like some kibbles and bits, too? (laughs) You know, and part of it is like you're training, you're developing your body and stuff. It's like 
and and you know um all the successful bodybuilders that i know are you know enjoy the the process they enjoy the pleasure of posing because winning that contest is really ultimately it, it's it's just as much as how important how you move as how you look and it's still performance you know posing is hard do you practice it every day yeah I mean, no, well, my trainer gets me to do it and it's like you know after it's like like after you hold one for a long time you're like out of breath yeah it's, and it's hard to get it yeah it's great that you have a great trainer that actually um, returns your messages and phone calls and <laughs> no Are shade. You speaking from a <laughs> no shade. Do you have a bad experience with the orders? Uh, you know, oh, there's, we'll get into it. We'll get into it another day. But uh, you know, <laughs> that is a common uh, issue with a lot of people who hire trainers. And and I say this just like you know, there are all kinds of people passing themselves off as trainers or online coaches. There's no accreditation for that. And sometimes people are just busy moving on to other chapters in their lives and they're not really ready to take you on as a client, but they take you on because they need and they want the money. Right. And, uh, so, you know, one advice that I would give to people is just like, regardless of who you hire, hire them for three months first to see whether you want to stick with them for a year. You know, and it, it's going to be more expensive. They're going to give you a, a, a sale price of, oh, if you do it a year now, it's only, you know, much less. But the problem is that, you know, if you if you hire them for a year, they're, they're not as motivated to sort of give you the best attention and the most, you know, mindfulness in your training. Oh, I, I mean, I've had a, tons of different kinds of trainers. Um, yeah. I, I once had a girl that was my trainer at 24 hour fitness. And I swear to God, she looked at me like I had a bug in my face all through the workout. She would be like, and now we're going to go do the bench press. Like, and I'm like, what's, what's the, why don't you like me? What's wrong? I'm doing, I'm trying my best. Um, and then I once had a trainer who, Oh my God, I was so in love with him. He looked exact. He was like, take Idris Elba and put him on steroids. He was like, so, and I and I would say this to him too. He was completely straight, but I was just like, I think you are the sexiest man I've ever met, and you make my workout so much more inspiring and easier to do. <laughs> but yeah, the trainer I have now is—he's just incredible. He's what's his name? His name is Kirby Monsalud, M O N S A L U D, and he's he's apparently one of like the top trainers at Crunch. Period. I think, but I didn't find that out until after I. They just kind of put me with them because when I joined the gym they were like so you get a free session with personal trainer like would you like and i'm like yeah yeah sure why not like it's free and then um <clears throat> he we just clicked so well that um i was like yeah I, I would love to continue this with you and he pushes me like super hard but he's also he, he also he does a good job of pushing me really hard beyond what i know i'm capable of but also recognizing when i'm like no okay i cannot do anymore i i will die and then he'll like pull out the Theragun and, you know, do his thing. And, but yeah, he's super supportive. It's Wait, nice. He gives you it's like massage while you're lifting? No, like at the end of the session. Oh, nice. They have like massage tables and then he'll, he's got that Theragun thing and then he'll just like, okay, massage time. And then, um, yeah, he's great. Um, the really nice thing though that I like about him is that he, like I'll show him like pictures of what I want to look like and like any other trainer that I've had before would be like, Oh, you can't achieve that look unless you do steroids. And I'm like, but that's, <laughs> I want to try it like as natural as I can. Like, and he, I like that he is like, Oh yeah, man, we can totally do that. Like, I believe in you. I believe in me. Let's go. Trust me. Trust the process. We got this. And, um, 
I've had phenomenal results with him. So yeah, I just, I wish I could afford him more because <laughs> I can only afford him t- twice a week. Um, if I could, I would just work out with him just every day. Just marry him. I know. <laughs> He's already married to this wonderful woman. Oh, um, no. I actually went to their, <laughs> to their wedding. <laughs> he invited me last summer. It was really? great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and forgive me if I'm going prodding too deeply. Like, why not oh, take prod steroids? Away. I just, I... I've always been kind of terrified of what the side effects would be because I had really horrible acne as a kid and all through high school. And I'm just afraid that it would like, you know, come roaring back. And also I just, um, I, I just want to, I want to hit the glass ceiling first of like, okay, I've done everything I can to get as big as possible and I'm not seeing any returns, but I haven't really hit that point yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so like knock on wood, like, you know, at 37 years old, but we'll see what happens down the line. But, um, and also, like, I don't know, I just, I have some anger issues that I'm glad that I work out in the gym, and I am very proud that I don't, like, let out of the cage and project onto other people, and I'm just, I don't know, I've just always been, like, tepid about, you know, how that would affect me if I went on steroids, I've heard that that's another side effect, too. Well, you can always stop. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Because I have a lot of friends who are juicing and they're all like, you know, their experience varies wildly, you know, and, and, uh, what I would say to people is like, listen, if this is your passion and this is your dream, pursue it, you know? And that means doing things that are like, you know, if you want to look like a science experiment, you have to be a science experiment and, and only you can determine what is going to work for you and not work for you. And Maybe, maybe you know yourself well enough to say, look, this is going to be too much of a trigger for me. Uh, just the unknown factor, you know, mm-hmm. it may not be, it may be the greatest thing that happens to you, but at this point it's like, you may not be emotionally ready to deal with the unknown and that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like body positivity is like, you know, accepting yourself exactly where you are right now and then working as hard as possible to pursue any dream. You know, we used to tell people like fearlessly be yourself, come out of the closet. But in this day and age, I don't know if that's enough. I think, I think we just have to tell people like pursue your goals, you know, because the most cranky, bitter, mean people I know are the ones who are just like taking all their passions, all their dreams, all their goals, and just putting it aside because they created some fake reason, a wall around it saying, you know, I can't do this anymore. This is not possible for me and i'm like well you don't know until you cross that threshold and and throw the ring into the volcano to see if you get the boulder <laughs> shoulders you know and until until you get until you get to that point it's like you know and that's that's part of the reason why you know people who do yoga or, or dancing or bodybuilding anything that's sort of tied to the body will tell you that it's also about discovering yourself as a human being you know, and, and, and my heart goes out to people who feel like for whatever reason, they can't do that. You know, so every time I go to the gym, I, I, I say a little prayer to myself. It's like, I'm lifting for those who are not here and those who cannot lift. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, and if you're not feeling well today, I will lift for you too. <laughs> oh, so did you lift today? I did not because <laughs> I didn't feel too well. I will lift for you today. Uh, you I will are lift the, in your honor. Tonight. You are the iron beneath my wings. 
Uh, is it uh, cold there in my shadow? <laughs> the, the, the corn in my shadow? The corn in my shadow. <laughs> I said, is it cold there in, in my shadow? It it's was- a, per, surprisingly cool and refreshing, actually. That meddler. <laughs> <laughs> You're sh- you cast a nice, cool shadow. Oh, Did you ever know that you're my swole mate? <laughs> Your muscles are <laughs> formidable. I'd be happy to apply the tanning lotion when you get ready to compete in the state champions. <laughs> you have a lovely voice. Uh, you are correct. You have very disturbing taste, Andrew. You should take that on the road or on American Idol. Like, go I want to get, I want to perform with Baloney. Do it! Oh my God, come to San Francisco. We would love to have you. <laughs> Featuring Featuring Fausto. Fausto, like you've never seen him before. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? They would love that. When's yeah. the next show? Uh, July seventh and July fifteenth, like those two weekends. Are you at the Oasis? Yes. Ooh, that's a Darcy Drollinger's bar now. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, they just got a whole new mural on top of the whole bar. It looks incredible. They that's finally great. got rid of that cleanup. <laughs> and we haven't been to San Francisco. She sold it. I don't yeah. think the Oasis was open when last time we were in San Francisco. Was it? We've been, it's been so long since we've been in I San know. Francisco. That would be so much fun to perform with you guys. Oh my God, that would be incredible. Yeah. And you can sing too. We have singing in Baloney. I noticed that. Yeah. You can, been... you can, yeah, you can sing your Bed Miller song. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, um, we need to work out. Yeah. Ryan Patrick Welsh did this wonderful uh, name game version that you can see in the film where he sort of goes through all we'll the like beer, I- we'll be the- identities. <laughs> you know, we'll be a fan of full fear. So gay starts we'll with gay and then it starts with, then it goes to other words and daddy and. It's really, really fun. Uh, you know, you guys are just too darn clever and funny and sexy. Oh, it's all Rory and Michael. They're the one that write all the numbers. Like it's, it's and Michael does a lot of the lyric writing, and it's brilliant. Like we do this number called the the, the night before Christmas, and he makes it like super gay. Um, and yeah, just like like even at this this latest one, we're doing. Um, I've never seen it, but apparently in the movie Dick Tracy, there's a song that Madonna sings called More or something like that. Yeah, I love that song. Okay, so I need to see the movie. I feel bad. Here's my gay card. I'll, I'll return it. But um, So we're doing a version of that in the show, but instead of More, it's called Whore. Mm, um, and, like. and, it's, and, it's, <laughs> and all the lyrics are changed to make it like... You know, we're fun, and I and during, in the middle of rehearsal, I was just dying, laughing, like rolling on the floor. I was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking hysterical! Who wrote this?" And Michael's like, "Uh, me." And I'm like, "Uh, uh bravo!" <laughs> yeah, the song is uh, "Once Upon a Time I Had Plenty of Nothing," which is fine with me because I, you know, who actually wrote that song. Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim? Son, motherfucking Stephen Sondheim. Mm-hmm. One of the la- last things he ever did. Well, in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> he just died this last year. All right, <laughs> but they brought in other songwriters too for that uh, sh- for the movie too because I don't for think West Side Sa- Story for Sondheim wasn't hitting everything. I think that's what I I, I read. Oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he literally Madonna's like insisting that Stephen because she was friends with Stephen Sondheim. I think Warren Beatty was the one who brought him in. But it, it was a uh, like they wanted Broadway talent, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Mandy Patinkin's in there. Yeah. 
Like, oh, wow. Like for five minutes. <laughs> like Mandy Patinkin shows you know, up. Madonna's song Vogue is from this that album. From the album, yeah, from yeah. that movie. Yeah. Oh wow. So. Okay, now I have to see the Are movie. Are <laughs> you familiar with Vogue, perhaps? <laughs> or Voguing. Voguing. <laughs> is that a line from the movie? Or are you asking no. me? No, I'm just we're just teasing. You. Teasing. You. You're like <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you don't even know what Madonna is. She's oh the God, precursor yes, to Lady Gaga. Yes. <laughs> She's what oh, come yes. before. The begat, oh, yes. begat. There was Blondie and begat Madonna. Madonna. Begat, begat Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Begat Billie, Billie Eilish. Eilish. <laughs> Send it Madonna, back. Madonna saw one of my drag video, my drag performances that I did of her. What she, in the audience? No. What happened was okay. So I did for we did a Madonna tribute night. Yeah. Um, when I was uh you know, my, during my year reign. And I did a Mega Man themed number to true blue because you know, he's the blue bomber. Ha ha ha. But, um, oh my God, so, your, your performances <laughs> are so dark. <laughs> I just, that's where my, my nerdy brain goes yeah. when I think of drag numbers, but like I posted the video on YouTube and then my little sister went to Michigan with her daughter, um, Lourdes. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, cause they were, cause my little sister was a musical theater major. And so, they were like friends and hung out. And one time my sister was like being like, Oh my God, my brother did a, a drag number to one of your mom's song. It's so stupid. Let me show it to you. And she showed it to her and she was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Apparently she showed it to her mom, to Madonna. And then my sister was FaceTiming with Lourdes, you know, when they were in college and Madonna was in the background and Lourdes goes, Oh, I, by the way, I showed my mom, your, your brother's, uh, you know, drag performance or whatever <laughs> and madonna goes oh yes it was a very interesting interpretation of my work <laughs> <laughs> well art is meant to challenge <laughs> <laughs> which in hindsight was probably her being like i had no idea what the fuck that was what the fuck was that shit that you made me watch but i was just like i was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god it was like in monsters inc when Mike Wazowski's on TV and his face gets covered and Sully's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mike. And Mike is like, I was on TV. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, oh my God, Madonna saw my shit. She saw your shit. Well, all you got to tell her is artists are here to disturb the peace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ring a bell. <laughs> and she's like, what? Who said that? You did in your own show, Mad uh, Madame X. She, she's quoting, uh, the great philosopher James Baldwin. James Baldwin, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Whose name I'm? It's so great I forgot his name. But these days, you know, with COVID, it's like I don't remember anything. A lot of people have brain fog. Yeah, it's like you know. I thought I was impervious to COVID, and then I got it for two weeks, and I was just like, "Girl, and what you have right now might be long COVID." Oh my God! Don't say that. I'm glad I got my booster. I do just sound like time. Lauren Bacall. My favorite time of day is night. <laughs> I love curling up with a good warm cup of coffee. So you think coffee and sleeping don't mix? They do if it's High Point. You see, High Point has a secret way of capturing flavor, deep brewed flavor for that awesome taste. And then she goes, <laughs> High Point, now with 20% more flavor. Are you guys going to take bologna on the road at all? We have. We've gone to Provincetown and Palm Springs, oh, and fun. we were yeah. We were talking about New York this summer, possibly, but um, yeah. So we've we've been taking it around, but we like if the hardest thing is just trying to find a venue, right? Um, 
Yeah, so it's hard for those um, like one-off kind of things, or just like a weekend, and then the expense of like getting everybody there. It just it all adds up. Yeah, that, and it's like it's like trying to find a theater that's like a cabaret theater. You know what I mean? Because we don't need like a giant. You know, we just need like a small, intimate like mm. space, but not one that's like so small that like we have no dressing room. You know what I mean? Because there's like sure. ten or fifteen of us. But so, um, but yeah, we like we would love to come to Chicago. That would be awesome. Well, you can, uh, you and Ryan Patrick Walsh can uh, share a bed with us. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's the tall guy. Oh, okay. Yes. The tall drink right, of yes. water. That's a tall glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, the eighth best legs in San Francisco. Oh, says. yeah. She's like, she, she's got uh, moves. He, mm-hmm. I don't want to misgender that. They? He, yeah. He, okay. You know. So where are you going from this? Uh, so Shaka for the net for the next year, you're going to be uh, training to get to 240. 240 is the goal, yes, and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, that's a lot of ground bison and, <laughs> and jasmine <pounds>. rice. <laughs> get that peanut butter in your shakes, honey. It's fine. It's the first world problem. I'll never complain about it. Oh, I have all this food to eat. Oh, my life is so uh, hard. Uh, uh, I'm in San Francisco and I'm just worried. <laughs> shut up. Wait, like, don't, oh, don't shut man, up. You're I'm on a sorry. talk show. What'd you say? Don't shut up. You're on a talk show. <laughs> well, Andrew, it's so good to talk to you. Finally, after all these years, you are a delight. Good luck with your competition and Please come back and tell us uh, how it goes. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Yes, I would love to. And remember, if you don't get that sword, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Miranda. You can come back. We, 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 lo- we love losers, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yay. Just getting on the stage is going to be a yes. winner. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot to get up there and do that kind of stuff. Hell, yeah. yeah. What does Conan say? What is best in life? To crush your enemies, to see the women driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. That's it. I screwed it up. You caught me off guard. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see. to see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. <laughs> and everybody goes, yeah! <laughs> Make the haters eat it. Eat it all. Yes. You see this lovely tan? It's from a bottle. It's not real. <laughs> and maybe I took some steroids to win the all-natural contest. I'll never tell. <laughs> Touch the skin, honey. Yes. Touch all of the skin. Touch the skin, honey. Does a human growth hormone constitute as a steroid? <laughs> it isn't. So I don't know everything. Yeah, I, I, we don't know. You know, th- some of these contests, they literally like will go in your house, knock on your door and ask you to pee the week beforehand, you know? So that's why you want to end it before then. That's why you just ke- keep a jar of pee in your pocket whenever you like a Capri Sun, you know, you just, <laughs> oh my God. you just carry one of those pee. You go to a friend of yours is real square, you know, one, mm-hmm. of, one of those project managers of those, you know, at Facebook. <laughs> and you just get their pee and you put it in a little Capri Sun and you seal it up. And then when they ask you for your uh, urine sample, you just pop the Capri Sun into the sample and that's it. 
Knowing my luck, it would explode in my pants and like. That was one of my favorite scenes in baloney, but we got to wrap this up. Andrew, it's so good talking to you. Congratulations oh, you, you on too. the new film. It, baloney you. is everywhere, streaming everywhere. You can uh, catch it out and we'll put the links on the show notes for today as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. Bye, Andrew. Bye, Andrew. Bye-bye. Andrew Slade lives in San Francisco. Johnny Cage. John Cage, yeah. John Cage. Chaka Corn. Chaka Corn. Chaka Corn. I don't remember having Chaka Corn. Yeah, you could say that. Be like, remember I was on your podcast. Chaka Corn? I don't remember having Chaka Corn on the podcast. Jinx. <laughs> chew your corn. Yeah, please, people. Chew your corn. <laughs> That's where the nutrients are. Mm-hmm. You want you want big muscles? You got to chew your food. That's right. I know some people who put like chicken, cooked chicken or cooked, uh, what is it? It's turkey slices into the blender and put that into their smoothie. And I'm just like, that sounds Ugh. horrible. I'd rather... I, I, no. No, we're not doing no. that. No, no. That's where that no. song. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. That's no, where that no. comes into play. <laughs> that's what it's, you know. So, what did we learn about Andrew? He was a go go uh, dancer. He's winning. He did He's gonna drag be big. and then did baloney. Yeah. He likes his nips and he's single, right? He's single and ready to mingle, honey. Although he does have a boyfriend in the, in the documentary. Right. He does. He did. He did. But yeah. that, they're not with it. They're not no, together no. anymore. So he issued a press release about it. So. He did. No, I'm just oh. <laughs> Sharon needles in Alaska. Alaska <laughs> said a press release. We have officially broken up. People like you guys were together. Yes, they were. But uh, yeah, it was a delight to, uh, to, to, you know, cause we've been a fan of him for years. I mean, oh yeah. With a, with a drag name like Chaka Khan corn, Chaka corn, Chaka corn. <laughs> no, I, we saw him at a, we saw him on stage and I was like, man, that guy is beautiful and stuff. And then we went to the after party and there was a guy there who had his arm around him and Andrew was like winking or smiling at me. And the guy was like, like the vines in stranger things, just <laughs> <laughs> don't you go away. From he was me. like tightening his grip around Andrew. I was yeah. like, don't you yeah. talk to my See, I man. do that too, but psychologically. They're invisible tentacles. But people look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, part of it is, uh, I think for a lot of people, it's like everybody's body's different and we're in different places in our journey. Mm. So what may work for somebody doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. So, you know, if you think you may be overtraining, try lightening the load. But, you know, I also feel like a lot of people don't train enough. And then I'll train him with enough intent. And I certainly like my obstacle is not the training. Mm -hmm. It's the food and the sleep. And I've been using an app recently that you turned me on to. And I I do like it, but I'm just like, this is missing a few exercises that I would routinely do. And so I'm just kind of like, I guess I just have to add it in. So if you are following some kind of program, you know, that might not be the full thing. You might want to throw in some other exercises to, you know, change things up, but also add into it because, you know, if every if they put every exercise in there that you really need to do, it might scare some people off. 
Well, Workout is the yeah. name of the app. Yeah. Uh, we Again, any reviews that we do for uh, products, unless we tell you we're getting paid yeah. to talk about it, we are not getting paid. Uh, we use it. We're customers of theirs. And I like it because it uses our, they call it artificial intelligence, but I think it's just a mathematical formula. It looks at the lifts you've been doing, and then it makes recommendations for the next workout on what to do next. Mm. Because it, part of it is that everybody thinks you just got to go heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, right. but that's not going to yield you the results. You have to deload at some point in time. And may, deloading might just be taking a week off or it might just, you know, lightening the weights by 25%. Yeah. I'm on a heavy week this week. Oh, you're next having to have a deload. heavy flow with the yeah, gym? Next week is deload. Ooh. So this is, this is the time to break the records. Yes, that's what I'm trying. And if you, you know, under the weather, you don't feel like you had the best week, mm -hmm. add another week to, so you can hit that record and then deload, you know? So right. it's, it's not, it doesn't, because every, it doesn't, these apps and these workouts don't take into consideration that you may catch a cold or you're not feeling well or you didn't sleep well. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, one night of not sleeping well can throw you off for days. Sometimes. For us, it's a week. Yeah. That's why we don't go out to clubs and all that stuff. Cause it's like, or we're very picky about it because mm -hmm. you know, when we do go out, if, if, if we don't get a good night's sleep, that it sets off our it's entire schedule effect. Yeah. And An so avalanche of, you know, just no good. Yeah. Get that good, good night's sleep, you know, and smoking pot helps a lot or edibles, whatever. Yeah. I want to remind folks we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus member yet, sign up today at feastoffun.com slash plus. Uh, Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun. And uh, if you access feastoffun.com slash plus, you get to access all of our archived podcasts. We have over 3,000 podcasts in there, many of them on health and fitness, talking to all sorts of bodybuilders over the years. And uh, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you like uh, what we're doing and you want to give us a tip, or the whole eight, eight yeah. inches, uh, go to feastoffun.com slash donate and consider making a contribution. We're on Cash App, Fausto Fernos, like my name, or uh, paypal.me slash feastoffun, or you can use Venmo at feastoffun. Or if you'd like to send us something through the mail, you can mail us at feastoffun at 5315 North Clark Street, number 242, Chicago, Illinois, 60640. And again, that address is under, uh, on our website at feastoffun.com slash contact. Like E.T., touch oh, no. this finger. Touch the finger. Touch the finger. <laughs> you know, I don't want to touch your people finger. People send us stuff all the time, you know, little cards to say thank you or little gifts or something that they're yeah. proud of that they've made, artwork. Or, you know, money, protein, money, <laughs> or protein, books, videos, all yeah. sorts of stuff, Vine vitamins, vitamins, vegetables, supplements, supplements, vitamins. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark Billion. I'm Fausto Fernos. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.